sentients, and welcome to What's Club, an all-new Star Wars podcast all about playing favorites. I'm your host, Katrina Dennis, and I am so excited to kick this show off with my pals at the Geeky Waffle Network. One of my passions when it comes to fandom is celebrating the individuality of a fan's experience and exploring the various ways these experiences contribute to fan culture as a whole. So when this idea hit me, I simply couldn't let it go. Before we get into the first episode, let's talk about the title of the show. For the next minute or so, parents, cover your kids' ears. Because this show's title is inspired by a Tumblr post originally written by a user known as Gom Jabbar on September 3rd, 2020. The post's original text reads, Every time a new Star Wars movie or show is announced, all the fans are like, OMG, Glup Shitto is back. Today, the term has come to refer to Star Wars characters who are in the background, who appear once, or even those who play supporting roles. And if you know anything about Star Wars fandom, you know how much we love our side characters. From Max Rebo to R2KT, each of these special characters has a story, and I'm here to talk about these stories with the people that love them most. Our first episode kicks off with my dear friend Dylan, who is here to talk about the iconic Besselist diner owner, Dexter Jetster, who first appeared in Attack of the Clones. So let's not waste any more time. Hit it, Max. I am so excited to welcome my guest today, a very good friend of mine, a librarian, staff writer for the Star Wars Fan Journal 1138, which is one of my favorite Star Wars websites on the internet, and the creator of the year-long project for Attack of the Clones' 25th 20th anniversary, 365 days of Dexter Jetster, my dear friend Dylan. Hello there. Hello there. Or hey, old buddy, if we're going to be on topic. <laughs> I like when, okay, so there was like a short list of people that I had when in, in my head when I was thinking about this podcast and like who I wanted to bring on, and you were like at the top of it. <gasps> And oh. I was like, I need Dylan for Dex. Uh, like, there's no one else I could call. Uh, thank you. That 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 warms my heart. <laughs> that warms my heart a lot. I'm really excited about this. Yes, yes. I'm so excited that you're here with me. So yes, Dylan is like the foremost expert and enthusiast on Dexter Jetster that I know. And so this is just like the, yeah, you're just the most wonderful person to start this with. So tell me a little bit about yourself, about what you do, and and then we'll get straight into Dex. Yeah, I guess for starters, like my, my full name is Abigail James Dylan, but I usually just go by Dylan. I am a a trans man, I'm aromantic, I'm asexual. As Katrina mentioned at the beginning, I am a career librarian. I've been working among such hallowed shelves in some capacity or another since I was in high school. And in terms of Star Wars fandom, I am a writer, a staff writer for the 1138 Fan Journal, which is a great site. It's got all sorts of fantastic guest writers and the other staff writers are like top notch. And in other relevant fandom, I also enjoy D&D. And in one of the campaigns I'm in, I do play a dragonborn bard named Dexter Jetster. Oh, I love that so much. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, anytime I hear, like, I love hearing about all the D&D games you, you guys play, like, because you play with a couple of our mutuals, I right. believe. Yeah. I like see the out, outside of it from like all your tweets. And I'm just like, oh, this looks so exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. And you're on like a so, couple of like live play shows too, right? 
Yeah, yeah. I've got, yeah. A, I've got a couple of live plays going on. I am, let's see, wait, the, when this comes out, I will be on Once More Into the Void and a couple other fun shows. But this is about you and not me. Okay. And, <laughs> And most importantly, this is about Dexter Jetster. I'm so excited. I just, I'm so hyped to, take, to talk about this. Like this is, Dex is like one of the most interesting characters, I think, because like every once in a while you like get attached to somebody who's in the background and really in the background, but like in, a, in so many ways and more than once, like Dexter Jetster is integral to the plot of Star Wars and the Clone Wars. And yes. he's not there. There's like no, no connectivity between like one point in the story to another. So I just, I love that about him. Absolutely. He's, he's a lot, he, he works a lot in kind of the, in discreet ways. Like mm. you don't, you don't see him from like the top perspective, but like if you get down to the nitty gritty, he, he, his actions have ripple effects and I love that. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I absolutely, I want to talk about like the, your project for the Attack of the Clones 20th anniversary of 365 Days of Dexter Jexter. Can you tell us what it is and what inspired it? Yeah, what inspired it was Dexter Jetster on the 20th anniversary of Attack of the Clones. But it was that just also another relevant kind of inspiration for that was, uh, was Veer's Watch. Yes. Veer's <laughs> Watch. That just crediting like, oh, Veers, no Veers, and also the relevant, like similar Barris watch and Queers watch. But also there was an account, which I don't think it's updating as much, but uh, Star Wars Woman 365, yes. where, yeah, where, yeah, where that account like posted every, every day for a year and then beyond like a female character in Star Wars. And so that's, I knew like I wasn't going to be able to do like a whole Dexter Jetster watch and like make sure I was doing what Veer's watch was doing and seeing everything. But I could, I knew that I could go for a year talking, like tweeting about Dex daily. And so I, for Attack of the Clones 20th, it was just seemed like the right time to do it. And also it was, there's a lot of things about Dex that I feel like like Dex himself kind of flies under the radar. Like a lot of people just, if they consider Dex, it's like, oh, it's the diner guy from Attack of the Clones because that's the primary place where we see him. And so like, that's the context that everyone uses him in. He's friends with Obi-Wan and he runs a diner and that's kind of it. And so this was also to give a chance to, in one place, like bring out like the more, like more attention to, perhaps the more obscure references he gets in both canon and legends and get that into a more accessible place than like, hey, read all these books for like one mention of the guy. Yes. <laughs> Which is what I ended up doing one year of just being like, Wikipedia said he was mentioned in here. So I'm going to the, read the entirety of Outbound Flight. <laughs> Like I love that. That's yeah. like, I don't know, man. Like I, I, I started this podcast because of my own hyperfixation on like a, a couple Star Wars characters mm -hmm. myself. And by a couple, I mean like twenty, like twenty people in the background of Star Wars. But I, mm -hmm. I, I just love it so much when like you can find so much to say about like one character that like mm -hmm. some creator that you know you've never met, but hopefully will someday. I don't know if you've met George. I'm, I'm not. I'm, Assuming. I have not, no. <laughs> Someday. <laughs> and, and like this, it just inspires something like so creative and like so cool. And so like, I, I yeah, I, I dig mm -hmm. this a lot. Like what's, what do you think have been like 
the biggest highlights so far for this project? It's the project itself is actually kind of itself flown under the radar. Mainly like those posts are scheduled. So it's like, mm-hmm. I, these are thoughts that I've developed like up to like started developing in November. And some of them are more new. Some of them are more relevant and I'll shift things around. But also mm-hmm. if I have just a spur of the moment, really passionate thought about decks, it goes on my main account. And right. so, <laughs> and so <laughs> people are aware of me to an unsettling degree. <laughs> Mike Chen has liked maybe one or two tweets of mine that I'm like, Oh, Oh, <laughs> a deep level there. Yeah, but it's like the project itself has flown under the radar, but it's also nice on my side of things of like when I do just decide to go off on a spiel about decks because I'm having an emotion again. Now I will and by by the end of the by the end of the year I'll have even more of like here are now threads that I can link to of like hey, I'm being really emotional about this and here's the canon analysis of why. Yeah. I just dropped that in a quote tweet as opposed to like spending half the thread being like, okay, the smuggler's guide, if we connect that to the legend's wild space and tie that <laughs> into the obscure reference we have in this hyperspace article that only exists on Facebook and Imgur and screenshots now, like... <laughs> oh my God. Like, like I can just drop a link and say, if you want more here, but trust me, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Exactly. I feel like I feel like for everyone that has like a glove shadow in this, especially in this manner, mm-hmm. because like I mean, like I've got like Ventress Day and like right. a lot of other awesome and also like silly things relating to her. It's something that like speaks to like the fandom and the way we we kind of practice and relate to these characters. So like it's mm-hmm. really interesting that we can connect and like create something out of all of this like connectivity. Yeah, absolutely. I just, yeah, I love that. Oh my gosh. So yeah, have you... Okay, so let's like go back in time really quick for a second. Back in time to younger Dylan. I'm not sure how much younger you can tell me, but when was the first time you saw this character and like, what do you remember about that particular experience? Yeah. So I actually kind of have two firsts, so to speak, with Dex. So first time was just first seeing him and that was back in... 2002 family was really big into star wars we went and we saw attack of the clones in theaters and just he was just a fantastic alien design like instantly everything about dex was just really there's so much to look at and absorb and to observe about him as like this alien basilisk character like you've got the waddle that's moving with his breaths Mm -hmm. it's inhaling it's exhaling it's inflating deflating you've got like his forearms which the animators did a great job of like making them actually like do fun things like there's a moment where dex uses one of his lower arms as an armrest for his upper arm and like and then like he's just got an expressive face he's got like a unique crest and despite all of these like parts of the alien design that you want to look at it still feels coherent it doesn't feel like someone Mm -hmm. slapped together some weird things like it feels like a full like alien species that's like yeah okay i can see this existing and so it's just it was a fantastic alien design that i just loved looking at and then at 
the end, I actually, when I first watched it as a little kid, because Dex kind of gives this ominous chuckle at the end, it depends on how good your manners are, how big your, big your pocketbook is. And he gives this ominous chuckle. I'm like, oh no, he's setting Obi-Wan up to get like betrayed by the Kaminoans. He didn't. He ends up being like, an ex- like a absurdly trustworthy character uh mm-hmm. but that like was my first instance of it it just like his his and of course like ronald falk every all the line deliveries are just iconic um okay. and so like my, that was like the first thing i had with dex of just like realizing like oh this character resides pretty solidly in my mind because it all just fits together really well part that i had with dex was just the physical appearance the vocal performance just stuck really strongly in my head and then like i fell out of star wars for a while latched latched onto other genres grew up and then when i finally got back into star wars i did i got really obsessed with it and tried to catch up on all like the new canon books and then read in one of the aftermath novels, Empire's End, a single mention of Dex's diner, where they the rebels use smuggling tunnels connected to his diner, which Dex used scoundrel, but the rebels use those tunnels to strike critical Imperial targets on Coruscant in the last days of the war and secure a victory, but the diner itself was abandoned. And, like, long abandoned, like, left derelict, and, like, I was distraught like i wasn't expecting to be so distraught but just out of nowhere i'm like i just got back to star wars and they took dex from me like oh and i just like there was just a bit of sheer panic over that of like he can't be dead he can't be absolutely not he's not dead and so i started yeah i started scouring for any other appearances in canon or legends and then in the smuggler's guide by dan wallace there's like a little segment where dex kind of takes over the book and kind of writes a journal entry and he is in the outer rim during the imperial era he is out helping folks where he can and the abandoned diner doesn't mean that dex is dead he's out kicking around elsewhere in the galaxy so those were my two firsts of like dex made an impression and then when I came back to Star Wars, I realized how much Dex made an impression. I'm like, wait, <laughs> hold <Right>. on. <laughs> I love, like, that's, that's, and that, like, works so well with his character, too, because he's, I feel like, like, Dex is, uh, he's not one of those, like, happy rainbow and sh- sunshine nice guys, but he's, like, a mm-hmm. genuinely good person who wants to see yeah. good pe- things happen to good people, like, he, they, I don't think he's necessarily like a, a bad character at all. Like just because he's a businessman, like, exactly. And yeah. like, and so it would be natural. Like I feel like that's that just gives so much like storytelling space between like what Dex is doing and why his diner is like that. Like, could it mm-hmm. be on purpose? Like, could yeah. he have left it there for later? <laughs> yeah, there's like I definitely have a whole like because. In my head, I definitely have a headcanon of he and the his wait staff because if we look into legends, like his wait staff are fiercely loyal to him because <laughs> of like he's gotten them out of bad situations in the past too. And so like in my head, there's definitely like those smuggling tunnels in the early days of the Empire were definitely used to like smuggle mm-hmm. like Jedi or Jedi sympathizers to freedom or other kind of dissidents or maybe even like clones who like their chips finally started failing and they were like I don't know where else to go and that was another outlet uh to get out to get out from the Empire's thumb and to get to safety 
I don't know that for sure. Like that's just something I am taking and applying as a headcanon, but it fits with like who Dex is as a character and the fact he's got a smuggling tunnel um, under his diner. Yeah, I fully agree with that. I and. Going back to your point about about Dex as an alien design and like his mm-hmm. the way that his body is constructed and put together, one of the notes you exchanged with me before the show was about the fat phobia surrounding the depictions yep. of this character. I'm so glad you brought that up because I I think that like a lot of fans have like a tendency to overlook ways that like even their favorite characters are dehumanized. Mm-hmm. I'd love to talk. I'd love to, I'd love to talk more about that. Yeah, there's not as myself, I'm I'm straight size. I personally have not experienced like fat phobia. And so a lot of like what I'm going to like share is something I've learned from like fat activists. And so I don't necessarily feel qualified to discuss it expansively, but I do think, like you said, it's important when even if we have a character we love and a franchise we love, we still need to be aware of like the the ways it can perpetuate harmful things. Mm-hmm. And while there is some like extremely gross fat phobia in some of Dex's portrayals to the point of like in Legends there is one point where one author basically gave him a near a near fatal injury that made him lose his a significant amount of weight and that was treated as a happy ending for Dex yeah and so it was just like it was the 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 violence like that was acceptable to a fat character was just it Oh, it's like that is the most extreme that we get of the fat phobia within Star Wars towards Dex. But Mm -hmm. also just in general, there's a lot of othering language, kind of like like you said, there's like dehumanizing language or like othering language used towards Dex. There's a really great YouTube video from the YouTube channel called Okay to be Fat that kind of breaks down how... uh, Actually, Harry Potter does this towards the character of Dudley, in which Dudley isn't allowed to just exist as a character. The way that his movement, his body, his personality is described, it's all wrapped up in very aggressive language that others him because of his fatness or others him because of his body size. I don't know if that was the right way to say it, but others him because he is fat. And that's wrong like that that shouldn't happen and even in the best portrayals we get of Dex in canon there's always going to be some sort of element where they 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 use othering language to describe the way he moves or the way he stands like he's not never allowed to just kind of like poke at something or pick something up there always has to be some additional comment about his weight and so that's really that that that's that's really frustrating that he's just not allowed to exist and uh, there's a lot of other stuff that again like i don't feel necessarily qualified to talk about but if i can briefly plug a different podcast especially this podcast and <laughs> yeah. particular subject because i yeah. love i love the series you're about to plug please yeah. do absolutely so lousy beautiful town which is another star wars podcast Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes a Star Wars podcast. They did a three-parter with one of hosts of Rogue Podron, another great podcast okay. called Meg Tober, in which the three of them, Meg and then Meg from Rogue Pod, and then Abby and Jess from Lousy Beautiful Town, they all discussed the 
prevalence of fat phobia, both in society and how that gets reflected in Star Wars in general and the harm that this does. And so I would definitely recommend the the YouTube channel, Okay to Be Fat, and the video I mentioned earlier, and also this three-parter from Lousy Beautiful Town for better analysis of like how this shows up both in loud ways and subtle ways. Sweet. Yeah, we will be adding those to the show notes. And yeah, I'm definitely... I'm so glad you brought that up about the character because I think the, po- the most powerful thing we can do as fans is like bring these discussions up and like amplify them so that the creators behind these subjects not only change their ways, but like actively understand the harm that is perpetuated and the violence that is perpetuated by using like this kind of language and these actions to describe these characters. So like, mm-hmm. I, I'm so glad you spent a little time on that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for making time for that. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's get let's get into creative inspiration and things that have come up and and come to life because of this character. Everybody loves fan fanfic and fan art. I know we we all, especially when like when you love a character who isn't like one of the main guys. Like you, mm-hmm. when you love a character that's a supporting character and you find fan art or like fanfic of them, it's like a holiday for sure. <laughs> so, so in the in the realm of Dexter Jetster. Have you read or written fanfic or seen fan art of this character that's just like resonated with you or that you really feel the fandom needs to to know about? In terms of fan art, there is this great Tumblr uh, that I saw and I'll see if I can re-find it and get you that. But it was a re-imagining of Basilisks because Basilisks are, within Star Wars, they are an avian species. And so this one artist took inspiration from like cassowaries and their design to find both Dexter Jetster and Pong Krell in kind of more colorful depictions as if they were types of birds in our world and taking more inspiration from that. And those were just really creative thought processes processes around like how different birds will use colors to signal different ideas to fellow members of their species and just applying that to basilisks and it was a really fantastic uh idea and i really loved the thought process behind that cool. yeah in terms of fanfic so there are very few fics in the dexter jetster tag on archive of our own that are that like there are many fics in the Dexter Jetster tag. Very few are actually about him. It's usually other characters showing up at the diner, and maybe he has like a line or two. So I do end up occasionally cruising the Dex tag and opening a f- the complete fic and just doing a Control F search to see like is there substantial content or just a cameo <laughs> just to see if I'm gonna follow through on the fic. So there's there's not a whole lot of fics that actually placed Dex front and center. And the majority I can recommend are actually ones written by me. <laughs> Which, what's your, what's like, what, what do you feel is like your masterpiece when it comes to Dexter Jetster thing? So the one that I have the most words on is an, an, an alternate universe series where Dex, cause Dex uh, legends and in canon, like he has history as a minor. Like he talks about acting on Subterrell and like taking all these odd jobs on like different planets. And so this alternate universe is he takes the wrong job at the wrong time, ends up on Mustafar and adopts a baby mall out from under Sidious's nose. <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh my oh. God. You just said baby mall in my brain. 
Oh my goodness. What, what, what is it titled? So the series is titled Keep Running and it's currently got two fix in there. And the, it's kind of the, the title Keep Running is based off of the first title in the, in the series, which is Keep Running Soft Heart. Love it. And so other ones that are that, that tie in closer to Legends or Canon with Legends, I used kind of like there was a, a, a prompt that someone put out there for for like an Obi-Wan Dexter Jetster friendship week that was like a first meeting. And I used that prompt to do a bit of a rewrite of Dex and Obi-Wan's original meeting in the mm-hmm. Legends canon. Because I love their meeting, so I didn't want to like change that in my fanfic, but I did want to switch it around and like, okay, what was Dex thinking throughout this process? Because Obi-Wan meets in Legends, Obi-Wan meets Dex when Dex is doing a little bit of underhanded dealing to help some folks a monopoly out of their home. So like I wanted to kind of like, okay, what was Dex doing on kind of the resistance side of things that that Obi-Wan ran into? And I did a a fic kind of that that whole panic era I had of like, oh no, Dex's diner is derelict to oh okay, he's okay. I did kind of like write another fic that was that kind of space that time of like how did the diner become derelict what happened and I called it something haunts this diner kind of sets that kind of takes place in the early imperial era gosh yeah which that sounds that sounds like right up my alley like I love I love like that I I just like fanfic that kind of like fills in blanks but is also Mm -hmm. just like dark and eerie and stuff so like yes Mm -hmm. absolutely my thing (laughs) There's the other fic that I can recommend that's not my own. It takes place in kind of a similar thing of doing that early Imperial era. What is Dex doing in the in the time that it takes after the Jedi Temple burns and Order 66 and the Empire comes in or the Empire blossoms rather. And Jordan Mason wrote the yes! a short story called Beating the Lunch Rush. And it's good. It's like, it's about the importance of like even small resistances under the empire and just the little things Dex was like, okay, like looking at the little things Dex was able to do that maybe put him in danger, but by gum, he was going to do him anyways. So yeah, it's, it's a really good fic and it's got like a really like solid grasp of like the atmosphere of the diner too, that I appreciate. So I would recommend beating the lunch rush, the lunch rush by Jordan Mason. Oh, amazing. Yes, I'm so excited. I can't <laughs> wait to like check all I've actually I've read like Jordan's fanfic, but now I'm, I'm gonna yeah. like catch up on all of yours. I'm so excited. Okay. So, thank you. <laughs> Aw, thank you. <laughs> of course. You know me, I love reading. That's why I was carrying like six books around on Friday night at Drop Talk. Celebration. <laughs> celebration. Shout out to Jess who asked me why I was carrying so many freaking books. Did I, like, you ever read. get no <laughs> back yet maybe when the time is goes up i'll have them back and then i might check collection back okay so something i'm really excited to like ask at every episode is like what 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 fun facts have you learned from being like such a deep fan of dexter jexter like what are the facts that like you know but you don't think the rest of the fandom might know about it it is it is like a personal like vendetta crusade mission goal <laughs> i don't know i am determined i that i want everyone i want it to be common fandom knowledge like granted it's legends so technically it might not be canon anymore but there's always a little bit of truth in legends etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm-hmm. but once upon a time thanks to star wars star wars insider number 65 there was a moment 
that this man, Dexter Jetster, deliberately gave Chancellor Palpatine food poisoning. What? He, you heard yeah. it here first, folks. Dexter <laughs> Jetster gave Palpatine the shits. <laughs> like, it, it, it is... It's really funny to like, because I was reading through it, because like Star Wars Insider, there's this, it's it's told as an interview. Like, that's how the short story is told. Like, someone comes in, interviews Dex, and they ask like, hey, who's the most like highest profile person who came to the diner? And Dex is like, ah, the chancellor. And the interviewer goes like, oh, great. What was he like? And Dex was like, he was politicianing. I he was just trying to make everyone happy. And so I wanted to see if he had an honest opinion in him. So I gave him meatloaf that had gone bad. What? Like literally oh the word Dex uses is not fit for a womp rat. Oh, is that, wow. That's how bad the meatloaf was. And he gave it to Palpatine and just waited for Palpatine to like be honest about how bad it was. And Palpatine instead, just like, even though like his face said it all was like, this is great. Can I get the recipe? And Dex was wow. like, Dex at that point just was like, okay, yeah, I know you're not trustworthy. <laughs> He's like the biggest liar in the galaxy. I Wow, geez. Oh, yeah. man. I'll tell you what, though. That tell, it says a lot about how bad that meatloaf was that, like, <laughs> even Palpatine, like, kind of slipped. Like, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. So that that is one of my favorite little factoids about, like, it's, ooh, Dex got one over on Palpatine and Palpatine had to grin through it. And I I love that. <laughs> oh my God. That, I, thank you so much for sharing that. That's going to live in my heart for like the rest of my life. <laughs> so he has been on film, in animation, in books and comics and in legends. And so mm-hmm. if you could see this character come to life in any other Star Wars medium, and I don't know how much... Uh, how much more there are is he in legos i'm not sure where would it be yeah, he he does show up now in the legos the newest lego skywalker saga game Ooh. so like there is a, like a whole like a little tiny mini level that you can go in there i i watched a playthrough of it because i don't have the game i watched a playthrough of that level and instantly realized i would not be able to come i would i i know the point of the lego game is to destroy things so you get like the coins Mm-hmm. But <laughs> watching oh, no. Obi-Wan go into the diner and instantly start destroying Dex's equipment, I was like, what are you? Stop! That's his blazer! That's your friend! Don't you? <laughs> oh, that's amazing! Oh my god. So there there are places that Dex has been animated. He is animated also in, like, in Star Wars Infinity, like the Disney kind of Infinity stuff. Like, he's got, like, a mission that he gives Obi-Wan there. And he technically is animated in Attack of the Clones. Like, he's a completely CGI-generated character. And technically, we do have detours, which I don't know. I don't count it because I everything I've seen about detours has punch-down humor, and I just I don't want to see Dex mm-hmm. in that. I don't want to see any characters in that. But all technicalities aside, I would like to see him in the animation style of Rebels, Resistance, Clone Wars, or like those shorts that we got on Star Wars Kids. Like, I would like to see him in that more kind of stylized, flashy animation. I, I, I think that would be really, really cool to see. I would also like to see Dex in uh, practical effects. Like... I 100% love the CGI in Attack of the Clones. Like, the details that the team put into him are phenomenal and amazing. 
but I would love to see how they would make a practical Dexter Jetster work. I'd be really curious how they would make that fly. And also it would be a Dex I could hug, like a physical Dex. And so very Diego Luna tr- wanting to touch Jabba. <laughs> I would want <laughs> I would want to go up and like hold practical Dexter Jetster's hand. <laughs> Let Dylan hold Dexter Jetster's hand. <laughs> Oh, I love that. Yes, I, I'm fully, I love, okay, I'm a huge fan of Star Wars animation. So like mm-hmm. the the idea of getting Dexter anywhere in those shows would make my heart so happy. So yeah, fully agree. And like in Clone Wars, we did get a Besselisk. We got Pong Krell, who I don't like Pong Krell. He's a nasty character. He's a nasty guy. He's a villain. Like you're not supposed to like him, but he looked really good. Like that was a that was a good Besselisk design. And so I would like to see. Like that that like watching the Umbara arc makes me go like, I wanna see Dex in the style so badly. <laughs> yes, I fully agree. Yeah. I I really I was surprised like getting through all of Clone Wars and like all of these other shows and like not seeing a hint of Dex. Uh, right. That took me aback. <laughs> He does get to be in, at least in Legends, he does get to be a bit in the background. Like in the in the arc of the Clone Wars where Anakin and Ahsoka and Rex and like the 501st like stop General Grievous's attack on Hawaii or Bathui, the Bothan homeworld. Uh, mm-hmm. There is, and then like that falls into the arc of like losing R2-D2 and getting the, the traitor droid and like they have to go rescue R2 from General Grievous, that sort of thing. Um, that ori- that initial assault on the Bothan homeworld in Legends was supposed to be super secret. It was supposed to be something that kind of caught the Jedi by surprise. And Palpatine was planning on having it just be a slaughterhouse for the Jedi trying to take the planet back. And instead, Dex was Dex found out about it and was like, "Hey, Obi Wan, you might want to send someone to check on on the Bothans, <laughs> please." Oh. And so in, in the book Wild Space by Karen Miller, like Dex is the one who gets the intel that sends Anakin, Ahsoka, and Rex and the 501st on off on this mission that kicks off the R2 R2 Lost Ark. So That is so awesome. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, I'd love to see that reanimated. Oh incredible. Yeah. So Dexter manages a lot of relationships in his life, both professionally and personally. And when I talk about ships, I talk about like everything from romantic to like best mm-hmm. friends, family, because relationships are like a heavy foundation in Star Wars. Are there any relationships with, with Dex involved that like really stand out to you and really matter? Yeah, for canonically, like I've got like canonical ones and I've got headcanon ones. Oh yeah, and- pour them all out. <laughs> In terms of canon, obviously there's Mm Obi-Wan. I I just love that in both Legends and canon, Obi-Wan doesn't like trust anyone the way that he trusts Dex. Like Mm -hmm. it's it's nearly absurd the Mm -hmm. level of trust that he lays at Dex's feet to the point where there's multiple instances like across the board in both Legends and canon where even like the Jedi temple, like the Jedi intelligence, the archives say one thing and Dex and Obi-Wan is like, okay, but Dex said this, and I'm going to go with what Dex says. And, like, he even says, like, in in a, in another book by Karen Miller, which was Gambit Stealth, he, he basically says, like, Dex makes Republic intelligence look like amateur hour. Like, there's just, like, and, like, more than just trusting 
Dex's intelligence, there's also like this instant level of trust that Obi-Wan has of like, Dex has a good heart and he's got other people's best interests in mind. So like, Mm -hmm. I can trust him not just to give me information, but I can trust him that he's, he's a good person and he's going to do the right thing. And, and I, I, like, it's a, it is genuinely absurd how fast Obi-Wan trusts Dex and how deeply mm-hmm. he trusts Dex, but I I, I, I really love it. I, I really love that kind of connection they have. And obviously, like, just even from Attack of the Clones, they clearly love being in each other's company. <laughs> they clearly love being there. I, like, I also mentioned, like, his waitstaff, like Hermione and Flo, who is later canonized into the name Wanda recently. But, like, they're fiercely loyal to him because of things that, like, he did for them. And, like, either he pulled them out of a bad situation, like Hermione, like, he got her out from the lower levels, like, gave her a job, gave her a way out. And Flo or Wanda, like, in, in Legends, like, he people keep on like recommending or trying to reprogram her to make her nicer. And Dex keeps on like batting them away and being like, no, (laughs) don't touch her. That's so sweet. Like I, oh man, like I, I just, I, the thing I adore the most about Dex is that like, he seems to like, he both cares about what he keeps at home and like the greater good of the galaxy um, mm-hmm. and reflected in the way he manages his relationships with people. So like, yeah. I totally agree with that. And he gave me like big Dex vibes when I first saw them was Madame Garza when she debuted in the Mandalorian specifically. Right. Because, yeah. Cause those, the, the employees at her place were all Twi'leks and we know mm-hmm. how Twi'leks have been historically treated in star Wars. So there's this implication that like everyone who's there is someone she's like brought in or protected or saved. Yeah, that's a really good point. And yeah, that 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 makes a lot of sense. That, that kind of comparison of like, okay, I'm finding the people who need help, who need a place of sanctuary, and I'm going to provide that for them. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I was like, this is like big decks and the and the <laughs> diner staff vibes. Like, <laughs> like obviously at a fully different level and like right in many ways way more intense but i was like i thought garza and dex would be like really good friends like absolutely especially the way that like like i feel like both of them in their own way different strategies but they both would have that way of kind of like okay i know that there is a power structure i need to engage with so let Mm -hmm. me find the best way to navigate that so my people are safe um, Absolutely. and they do it differently, but they both have this kind of attitude of like, like Garza is very like that very much playing the politics game. Whereas mm-hmm. Dex kind of what we see a pattern of him putting up a front of this, of just a guy who wants to run his business. And like, there's no guile, there's no cunning behind this. I'm just friendly. And, and like that actually like dissuades folks like Inspector Devo, some law enforcement, of course, not to back off a little bit and just go like, oh, yeah, Dex is a friendly guy. We don't need to look into him. Um, <laughs> and so I like that, that two kind of those two different strategies of like, OK, how do I make sure that this place is kept safe within the structure that I'm dealing with? For sure. Agreed. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, so here's a nice hypothetical that I thought about yeah. when I was thinking about Dex, especially with the the knowledge and like the fact that in legends the diner is left burning or derelict not burning oh my god but like <laughs> abandoned. what what do you think 
Dexter is doing around the time of the sequel trilogy. So what's interesting is we don't actually know how long basilisks live. So an old Legends gaming book put the basilisk species at like 79 years being old, but that's both like a tabletop RPG manual and Legends. So like, obviously we know that some tabletop RPGs will kind of end things just because it's a matter of game mechanics. It's Mm -hmm. a matter of just making the space fun to play in. And being Legends, that kind of puts it in a doubly gray area for canon. Yes. How Dex in the Smuggler's Guide He's got, like, the Smuggler's Guide, like, is a collection of different characters getting their hands on this book that Maz sends out into the galaxy. And so Dex has this journal for a bit that he writes in. And he writes that, like, he he writes that, like, memories sometimes feel like a century old, which he could, it could be hyperbole. Or maybe he does have a century worth of memories. Maybe he is that old. And it does line up. With the idea of him being that old does line up with the idea that also within the Smuggler's Guide, we learn that he and Maz canonically are exes that they that they once dated. It's really cute. It is really awesome. I need to read that thing. I did not know that. They write letters to each other. Like he keeps like in Star Wars, they mailed letters to each other and he keeps Maz's letters and she called him Dexy Jet. And it's oh. it's wholesome, it's adorable, and I do I I'm not a big fan of romance being aromantic, but boy, I want an entire series of these two scoundrels being like romantic <laughs> together in the underworld. <laughs> I just love Mom's dating life. It's just right? like so interesting, like the 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 people that she has like like across like, been the board. With in the past. Yeah, across yeah. the board. Like, it's just, like, these varied, like, personalities and, like, mm-hmm. types of people. Like, it's just, like, it's wild. I want to know, like, like with all due respect to Lando, who's dating, <laughs> like, is super interesting. Like, yep. I want to know everything about, about Maz's business. <laughs> like- Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> I, like, I want to know who all Maz, like, hooked up with and got, like, involved with, because that's got to be... Yeah. And like the, the smuggler's guide also has like multiple people pine like Dex ha- like sorry this is Maz Kanata tangent but like Dex <laughs> writes like fondly about like man it does good seeing Maz's name again like we we had a really great time I still like thinking of her still warms my heart but I'm off doing my own thing I'm doing my own thing and I'm gonna keep Maz in my mind but like like, I, I, I gotta go rescue this person from a Crimson Dawn syndicate. Like, yeah. uh, but there's like someone else in the Smuggler's Guide who gets the book, sees it, belongs to Maz, and is like, oh, if I return it to Maz, she'll understand how I feel. <laughs> like, <laughs> gosh. Oh, and, so, and so there is like at least four people in this journal because it includes Chewie and it includes the guy from like the, the Master Codebreaker from The Last Jedi who are all like, hey, Maz. <laughs> Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, she's so iconic. Sorry, Sorry to pull this from yeah. uh, oh. But speaking of other characters, before yeah. we, we wrap up the the hour, thanks, by the way, for spending all this time with me to talk about Yes. Having yep. So much fun with you. Yeah. I'd also love to hear about any other love shadows you might have before we take off. Absolutely. Hermione and Flo slash Wanda, the 
like going through and finding like spare dex content throughout legends you're also going to pick up spare hermionium flow or hermionium wanda content and they both just have like really interesting personalities and like what got them to the diner what their dreams are at the diner they both hate each other's guts <laughs> and are like jockeying <laughs> for tables so it's so like just have like knowing that, that that dynamic is a lot of fun vi marati i don't know if she can count necessarily as a glup shitto because she is a face of galaxy's edge she does have two novels about her but the rest is like a little mum so like she's yeah but i really like i really like vi marati i like that she is a, um, she's this suave spy, and also she's our first canon asexual character, which I really appreciate. And then Feral, like to drag up another Night Brother. So <laughs> the other sibling of Maul and Savage, poor Feral. I I, I get emotions Rip. about him. <laughs> yes, big F in the chat for that. That's you know what? That's the problematic thing about my fave. <laughs> yeah, Ventress. <laughs> Specifically, mm. that, yeah, 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 that's the problematic thing about the whole thing was very uncool of her too. But I, I mean, like that story, like barring the fact that, like, it's all it, it's okay, it's Ventress's fault, but it's all Mother Towson's fault also. Uh, like, yes, <laughs> like I, I go on a rant about all the fucked up stuff Towson has done. She is Towson. a diabolical woman, and she's so good at it. And I'm terrified to find out what she did to Ventress's mom. Like, like <laughs> Ventress, like, yeah, it absolutely did that to Feral and Savage. But, like, that was perpetuating abuse that, like, Talzin put on her. Talzin sold her as a child, too. Mm-hmm. Like, exactly. Talzin's everything wrong with Dathomir is Talzin. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's why she wanted so bad to be on level with Palpatine, because, like, she exactly. basically was Palpatine, but, like, personally for Maul and Ventress. <laughs> But yeah, I, I like that. That story was like so tragic, and like I, I hated it because I think watching it, I knew the pain that was about to come, and like mm-hmm. knew like okay, like I know who's gonna die in this situation, and it's gonna suck a lot to watch. And yeah, so yeah, fully agreed. Rip yeah, um. death. Death Amir is just a series of tragedies. <laughs> oh God, yes, it is. Like it sucks because it's like, oh, who's left? It's like. Marin and like death stick sorta yeah <laughs> like, a couple other people but like i i don't know how how dathomir will rebuild after all of the madness right. that has happened but yeah i'm oh man I'm, I'm so glad that you spent this time to like talk about decks with me like thank you so much for coming on to the show yes thank you for having me i was really excited to come on and i had a lot of fun chatting with you and I think a lot of other people are going to have fun chatting with you, too. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. I, like, this This is just, like, I think this is one of my, uh, one of the projects I'm most excited about. Because, like, all, all any, I think all any of us really want to do is talk about what we love all day. Right. And so being able to do that with, like, you and, like, other fans and my friends, like, dream come true. Yeah. Awesome. I'm really all excited right, to hear so- the rest of... I'm really excited to hear the other episodes that people come on and get to talk about their favorites, too. Thank you. Me, too. Well, before we fully, fully wrap up, whereabouts can we find you across the internet? At 1138. So that is spelled out. So it's not in... It's not numbers. It's letters. (laughs) So 11-38.com. I am one of the staff writers on that site. You can 
find me under my column is called Dill Dev's Diner, rival to Dexter Jetster's down the street. Yes. <laughs> and you can also find me on Twitter. Either my Dex specific account is at Jetster365, or just my general account is at a Dylan Dev. And so that's where I'm located about the internets. Thank you so much for being here on What's Love With Me. I'm so excited to just kick off the show with this subject. And thank you so much, listeners, for tuning in. You can follow us on What's Club at Twitter and listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, may the force be with you and may your glup shitto appear in your dreams tonight. Ciao.